Hello, welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast where we share stories, insights and strategies that go beyond some of the numbers we encounter in our work life. I'm Susan Lee-Trivon. I work with organisations who put people first. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. And together with my guests, we place a lens on and focus in on the people side of work life. Because we know that it is people who do the work, not numbers. And if we are treated well, we will perform well and might even generate better numbers. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Alin Mitling. Alin, you are so welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show, so I'm so happy to be here talking to you today. It's brilliant, and I can't believe it because it's two o'clock in the afternoon in the UK as I'm recording. What time is it for you there? 7 a.m. And how long have you been up? I got up at four to, to work on a project. <laughs> so We're going to yeah. go into that in a little more detail in a moment because I think it feeds very nicely into our conversation. But that's incredible. I mean, the only time I get up at four in the morning is to catch a flight, I think. Yes, <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> so a year or so ago, I decided against using the word busy as a catch all for everything that is happening or an excuse not to do something. So busy is often this word we use as a way of saying I have no time. However, it might be more about interest and whether or not. I have any interest because when I have interest in something, I'll probably find the time to do it. And today, Alan, you are definitely someone who has demonstrated this, not just today, but written a book while being in full-time employment called Dirty Goals. How on earth did you do that? It was just a lot of managing my time. I still made time for everything else in my life. I made sure that I was uh, spending the time with my boyfriend that I needed to, spending the time with my dogs and getting my housework done. But I would commit to just 30 minutes a day. And if I had longer, great, I'd keep working on it. But when you have something that you're excited about, just like you said, you're not busy if you're excited about doing something, you find the time for it. So you called the book Dirty Goals. And before we get into what the book is about and why people might be interested in reading it, why the title? So I love the workout 21 day fix. And one of the day workouts there is Dirty 30. And it just fit with what I was doing. I'm breaking conventional rules, things to fit it into my day instead of trying to make sure that I meet all the criteria that gurus tell us that we have to meet. That's the thing, isn't it? There are so many books and methodologies and models for goals and goal setting. And mm -hmm. maybe we just tend to follow rules or 
guidelines rather than thinking what might work for us. Is that what got you started? Yeah, you know, when I started this, I had no idea how to even determine my goals, right? So that's how the book had started was figuring out how to determine your goals. Well, while I was researching that, you know, there's so much information out there on these rules, SMART goals being the biggest one. And yes, I agree. They're important if you're working with a team, but in personal goal setting, it's a totally different story. And if you want to work and think outside of the box, you have got to work outside of the, of the rules box. You can't follow the rules and expect to get anywhere. While you're talking, I'm thinking about a sandbox and as kids, you know, or like watching kids play and they will just play with anything and there are no rules and they'll make them up as they go along. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that, isn't it? It's suspending our conformity (laughs) to go with what you want. Absolutely. You know, it's pretty much that way with everything in my life. My only rules are modification and moderation. If you do anything too much, you're going to get burnt out. And if you don't find a way to fit it into your life, then you're not going to keep up with it. It's funny. It's something so simple and a little bit personal, but I had been going to the dentist. I go every six months and they started to tell me that my numbers were getting higher. So meaning that my gums were climbing up on my teeth or whatever it means. I'm not in the dental field, so. yeah. but that's what they're telling me. And so I'm, I start looking up all these things to do. Well, I do brush my teeth before I go to bed, but I use the water pick water flosser. And if I wait until I go to bed, I'm tired and I am absolutely not going to do it. But if I do it at five, even before dinner, as long as I do it every single day, it doesn't matter. I go in now and every time they tell me how perfect my teeth are and I never have cavities, but I don't do the right away in the morning or the right before bed at night. And it works for me. So we often take on what people tell us to do without really understanding how we fit it around our lives or our busy lives. And then it doesn't always result in the way we want it to. So you talked about personal goals, smart goals. What is a goal? Yeah. So I basically like to categorize goals into five different categories, expectations, resolutions, which we're all coming up on resolutions, right? Then you have your work goals, your career goals, which are two different things, right? Career is where you want your career to go in the, like going back to school to try to get there. And then you have your work goals, which just help you to get where you are in your current job or where you want to go in your current job. And then there's personal goals. And personal goals, the difference in personal goals than anywhere else, you're not in the rat race. You are not trying to get a piece of of cheese that everybody is fighting for. You are finding your own way and finding what excites you. And it's really motivating when you do find it because your excitement for that portion of your life totally infiltrates the rest of your life and just brings it to an entirely new level. And it makes life extremely exciting. Like my goals that started out when I first started this, 
they evolve every single day because I do something to work toward my goal every day. And every time I work toward my goal, I get clarification. And all of a sudden, what I thought my end goal was is not anymore. So it's been an extremely eye-opening and really motivating process for me. So is there a difference between a personal goal and a purpose? Most definitely, right? If you are looking for some sort of grand life purpose and you want it to be grand, like curing cancer or something amazing like that, then you may just go through life disappointed. I wrote a book and although it was a lot of fun and it's amazing and I'm so excited that I did it. I hope that's not my life purpose. I more so find my life purpose to be being kind, like making an impact on at least one person's life every single day is going to make the world better. And I just feel like that's so important. And we just don't put enough consideration into how much we affect the world when we choose to be kind. Oh, I love that. Choose to be kind because it is a choice. Absolutely. All our behaviors we choose really, don't we? Absolutely. You choose. I used to be an abrasive person. Even seven, eight years later, it's not the easiest thing to say, but I used to be an abrasive person and you look at the things that drove you crazy before when you get beyond that hump and you realize how silly it was. And then you look at other people who get angry about the silliest things. And it's like, why are you wasting your time and energy takes so much energy to be mad? It really does. And emotions are something I spend a lot of time thinking about. And in a way we haven't learned or haven't been told the skills of emotions or managing our emotions. And I think it sounds like in a way that that's what you did. You've moved yourself from being abrasive and getting upset over things to actually choosing kindness, choosing excitement, choosing a different way of living, which is amazing. It was the biggest transformation of my life. And I can write a book that could end up on the New York Times bestseller list, and I would still be more proud of the accomplishment I made of becoming a better person and filling the world with more joy and happiness than anger and resentment. And did the people in your life notice Yeah, they did. They, yes, absolutely. I actually up and totally left my job and went and took another temporary job and made it a purpose to change who I was. And since then, nobody would ever know that I was ever that person. But the people who knew me back then, like my family, totally can tell a difference. My boyfriend can totally tell a difference, although he does still get defensive. Even eight years later, seven years later, he still gets a little defensive because he expects me to be that same person at times. 
And, and that's one of the other things we fall into patterns, don't we? So in a way, yeah, he has to move beyond that pattern with of predicting your behavior. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting, but that's not why we wanted to talk in the first place, because I want to talk more about your book and the methodologies yes. you use and so on. So for someone listening, how do they discover a personal goal? So what I did, I stumbled upon this. And it's funny because so many people can tell us, write to-do lists, write things down. They will tell you this over and over and over again. And we're like, oh yeah, write it down. Yep. Got it. And you move on with your life. But let me tell you how amazing it is when you do take the time to write a thought down. Thoughts that I had been thinking for years, the second I wrote it down, it blossomed and just took off. And it's so far in my past, your mind is telling you things because it wants you to pay attention. You don't have thoughts just to dismiss them. If you want to make a change in your life, it is buried in your thoughts. Get it out on paper and get it out from under all that, the other thoughts that are in there. Let your thoughts grow. Let your thoughts turn into something awesome. And the only way to do that is to acknowledge them and write them down. So when you write them down, I mean, okay, I can write down, you know, my thoughts now, I can write it down, but then what do we do with it? How do we keep writing? Keep writing. So it's called the thought action process is what I called it in the book. And really all it is, is a fancy name I came up with to make more of your thoughts. Don't let your thoughts stop at a thought. So you want to take your thought, take action by writing it down. Once you write it down, your mind will start to process the thought from what it was before, and it will move forward. And then when you have additional thoughts about that, write those down, and then it will continue to process. And all of a sudden, this idea, the thought you had turned into an idea, which turned into an actual motivating, exciting goal. And I love thought action process or tap, because that's what you're doing. You're, you're opening the tap or you're tapping in to your thoughts. Exactly. It totally fit when I thought about it. And you can't just sit down and brainstorm. Some people do, and some people have a great result from that. For me, my thoughts don't come just when I sit down. My thoughts come when I'm out walking. And when I get home, I'm going to forget that thought. And so while I am exercising, I have a notepad and a pen out by where I exercise. I have my phone with me when I'm on a walk. You should see my notes app in my phone is insanely full of thoughts, anything that is still sticking with me when I get home, I go and put it in and integrate it with my goals already. But anything that is just a thought that I could maybe refer back to later, every two or three weeks or so, I go through those thoughts and I pull out the things that are important. And then the things that don't strike me at the time, I just leave those in there and I can review them later. And maybe at some point they'll be important to me, but I do have 
quite a few notes because I do know now how important they are. So I don't think I do enough of going back and reading back over my thoughts. So I capture them. I'm really good at capturing my thoughts, notes, post-it notes everywhere, notebooks filled with thoughts. But actually going back and reading over them again or developing them further isn't something I've thought about that much. And I really picked that up in your book. So how did that come to you, I guess? Well, because I write down anything that I find is important and I try to get it out on something solid, I have a lot of notes <laughs> and you get busy with your day and you just forget about something. And when you're working toward a specific goal and you want to move forward, sometimes that's what it takes is going back and looking at your notes before. And a lot of times there are things that I look at and I'm like, ah, no big deal. Uh, you know, and sometimes I even trash some stuff that I'm like, this really isn't relevant anymore. But really, if I'm looking for something to get my mind moving again, and I feel like I've gone kind of stagnant on something, I'll go back and review those notes and see if there's something there that can get my mind processing. But really, it is taking the action to work toward your goals. If you don't go back and look at your notes, you're fine you know, you can still move forward on a goal, but it's just a good option to have to go back to if you just find yourself in a lull. Mm -hmm. And is it one of the reasons that we let go of our goals? Do you think? I think that people set goals that they hear other people are doing, or they see other people doing. And the goals really Although it may sound fun and interesting to you, here's a perfect example. I found this girl, Angela Rose, that I love to follow on Instagram. She's so fun. She does all this DIY stuff. And we were getting a used camper and we were going to renovate it. And I told my boyfriend, I said, DIY is always something I have wanted to do, always. And so before we got the camper, we got it from his folks. Before we got it, we started thinking about all the things we wanted to do and started organizing. The camper got here and I got out there to do the work. And I was like, DIY is not my thing. <laughs> I think I cleaned the walls for the painter to come. And that's pretty much it. Like I did nothing. And you know what I've realized? I was super interested in that. And I like watching other people do it. I gave it kind of a try. <laughs> but when I got to do the work, I realized that's not something I want to do. And I dropped it because it's not something I want to do. So don't drop it and stop trying to find something that interests you. Dig through your thoughts, figure out what drives you, what motivates you and work toward it and keep moving forward. And you will find something that will change your life. I like that because that's kind of what you're doing, isn't it? You're excavating, you're digging, you're putting pieces together somehow. So when you dug first, mm -hmm. what was the personal goal you came up with? It was April of 2020. And I had just read the book, The Miracle Morning. And so I was doing at the time his morning routine just to get me started. I have since evolved it to be 
again, totally my own because that's too many steps and I want to work on things the way that work for me. I love my job. Like I can't say that word strong enough. I love my job. So that being said, I wasn't really looking for something to get me out of my job. A lot of people are like, oh, you wrote a book. You're trying to build a business. So you can quit your, no, like I would love to retire at my job. So wow. yeah, that's amazing. That's brilliant yeah, to hear. <laughs> yes, it is a great thing. But when I was doing this, I realized I do so many things. I've gone back to school for my current role. I'm constantly working on projects. Everything I do, getting certifications, all of that is all for work. I am more dynamic of a person than just my job. So although I love my job, I have learned to love me outside of my job and to find things that feed my soul that is not just career focused. It was hard because I didn't know how to determine my goals and there's really not much guidance. So I set out on a walk and decided that I was going to figure out how to determine goals that are relevant to you, how you can figure out what your goals are that motivate you. And I was going to share it with the world. And that's what I did with the book, Dirty Goals. That's amazing. And that's kindness as well, because you weren't just thinking about yourself. You were thinking, well, if I don't know this and I'm like the smart person who loves my job and all of the things going for me, then actually, why not help other people? Because there have to be other people like me out there. Absolutely. And that's the other thing. You know, I feel like bad when you go to work and people are competing, your coworkers that you love feel like they're competing for something at work. Well, if you have something inside of you that you're working toward to better yourself otherwise, you lose focus on that. And you realize that you are on your own track. You are not on somebody else's track. Whatever works out at work is how it's supposed to work. And I truly believe that when I don't get an opportunity or when something challenging happens to me, it's God's gift to me. Like he either saved me from something that I didn't want to do, like fixing up a camper, <laughs> or he's teaching me a lesson that will save me in the future, that will help me to build a better life in the future. So I just feel like all of those things become something that you're not even really paying attention to anymore. And you become more focused on yourself and your own life track. I love it. There's so many uh, uh, sports metaphors as well, because I think, you know, goal and I always associate with sport, but you're talking about your track as well. And, uh, and I love that because in a way, I think even when you're setting goals, I often think about stuff that I've done for sport and you can easily see progress. You know, if you're training to run a half marathon or I do CrossFit and you see that you go up and up in weights as you get stronger. So what was the process like of of measuring that progress or of working towards, how did you know you were making progress? So for me with the book, it was writing the book, right? As I was figuring things out, I was writing the book and I could see that end goal. Now that's not necessarily the way it may start out either. Like in the beginning, 
actually, that's not a good one because honestly, that day I started writing and I wrote the book in five months and published it. So I did start that day and keep moving forward. But say you want to build a business, right? The small things that you figure out along the way are going to build up. You're not going to start a business. You could start a business in a week. Some people say to just start and then build your plan afterwards and get everything moving because that helps to identify how you're moving forward. But a lot of people are going to build some sort of a plan. They're going to get some sort of a certification or they're going to hire or resource things to figure out how exactly to get to opening their business. And that really comes with developing your plan. And it doesn't have to be like a templated business plan, but you have to have the information to move forward. And as you build that and you gain that information, that is a noticeable improvement or increase in development toward your goal. I think about the interest though and everything, you know, so you decided to write a a book, right? And you say you did the whole process in five months. So clearly you were writing every day, I guess, to get Mm -hmm. towards that. Did you ever doubt that? Did you ever doubt that goal? (laughs) Never. It's when you are doing something that is relevant to you. Now, there are things when you hit challenges, it is our natural tendency to recoil and to be like, this isn't going to work out. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go back to my life the way it was. But getting beyond those challenges, it's is what defines somebody who finds success and happiness and fulfillment. You can be happy in your marriage. You can be happy. You have kids. You can be happy in your job, all of the above, and something still feels like it's missing. And when you have goals and you work beyond those challenges, that's where you get fulfillment. It's amazing. And Once you realize that, it's hard to stop moving forward because just the gratification of knowing that you've overcome those challenges feels so awesome. You're such a like shining example and an advert. I mean, I think everybody's going to be going, right, I can do something. You speak so passionately about the importance of tapping into in a way, what our soul perhaps is telling us to do or our mind is telling us to do, but we might just think that someone else has done it before and the world doesn't need it. And that's what's so funny. I was just talking to another gentleman about my next book and he's like, God, I wish I would have thought of that. And I'm like, there are multiple books on every topic And there can be people that I write this book to that are not going to relate to me because my experiences are totally different. But for him, his experiences might match up with those people and they can read his book and think his book is awesome on the same exact topic. So everybody's got something to share everybody's got something to achieve. There is so, there are so many people out in the world and there is somebody waiting for you to share what you have, not necessarily in a book, in a business, in a product, in whatever it is, they're waiting for you to share that. 
so they can enjoy what you've made and enjoy the information you're sharing or the help you're offering to them. So to me, you just move forward, forget about all of that negative self-defeating self-talk and just get past those challenges. And that's what will set you apart. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's brilliant. And there are other things that come in our way. You have a full-time job, you have a partner, you have dogs, you have friends, you have family. What helped you to stay that course, to really do that 30 minutes every day? And I know you've talked around the motivation and the excitement and everything, but at times there are demands on us. My goals actually take a backseat to everything. Usually in the morning and at night, that's when I will work on my goals. And morning is probably the best time for me because otherwise my dogs want to be pet all the time. <laughs> but I wake up and I'll do those early. Well, I'm working on a pretty big project at work. And it is kind of what woke me up this morning. So I got up and I worked for two hours before I got ready and came to talk to you. My goals are super important to me and I will always work toward them, but they will always, at least for now, take the backseat to my relationship, to my dogs, to my house, to my job, to everything, because they're just the bonus. They're the whipped cream on life, the cherry on top, but everything else are things that if I don't maintain those, I will not have happiness. Like those deteriorate and your goals are going to suffer as well because you won't be in a mental place to work toward your goals. That's such a nice way of thinking about it is that it's like you have to take care of all the kind of hygiene factors for want of a better term, but the environment around that supports you to be the person you are. And then you can shine mm -hmm. taking on extra things that, that feed you. Absolutely. I 100% believe that if you feel like you're suffering in one area of your life, you have to work on that first because you are just not going to have the focus and the ability to really take on extra. It's crazy. They say that 20 hours a month are wasted by people who are in debt at their jobs. Whoa. So they're getting phone calls and they're trying to figure out payment plans or talk to creditors at work and they're wasting 20 hours. So that being said, we need to focus on what you're wasting so much time, like figure out what works for you and whether it be your physical health, your nutritional health, your financial health, figure out what works for you. I hate budgets, hate them. So I understand people who say that they do not want to budget. And so they just ignore because they don't think there's another way. There are other ways, figure out what works for you and take care of your problems. And then you can move forward to having an amazing life in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's also, you know, you 
talked about ideas coming into your head or sitting down and, and writing what you think. If something like debt is taking up your time, that's all you're thinking about as well. So you won't be able to write beyond debt. It's spot on. Exactly. So the other thing I love in your book is you talk about signs from the universe. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so tell us about some of the signs from the universe that you've had. So really, I get confirmation every day, just when I'm moving forward. It was funny. Another thing that it's still kind of on the back burner. It's just that writing and then trying to develop courses to um, move forward with these projects. There's another project that it's totally different. It's like making a duvet cover, basically, that fixes all the other issues that I hate about duvet covers, right? And it's something I still want to do. I made a prototype myself, like, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome, but it's not my priority. And maybe someday I will work on that. But it's funny. I don't watch TV during the day. I'm like really busy at work. Don't have time to do that. But me and my boyfriend both work at home and we have a pretty small space that we work in. So he had on Ellen one day and I went to go shut it off because he had left the house and left the TV on. So I got up to go shut off the Ellen, who I love anyways, you know, she's got a great show, but I walked in and she had on this woman who had just written a book about, I forget the name of the book, but she had just written a book about building her apron empire. And here I was working on possibly making this duvet cover. And she was coming out with this book and it is the only clip I have seen of Ellen in years. And so I'm like, huh, this must be somewhere that I should be. But you also have to prioritize. Like it still interests me, but it's just not a priority right now. And when you have too much on your plate, you got to figure out and you got to get rid of some of the clutter and work on what you decide is important at that moment. So maybe in the future, but for now, it's focus on my books and my courses. Brilliant. And we talked about resolutions right at the beginning. It is coming towards the end of 2021 as we record this and setting New Year's resolutions is a thing that people take on and put pressure on themselves. What's mm -hmm. the difference between a resolution and a goal? So resolutions, right? We're trying to change our habits. We're trying to improve our life in some way. And it's such a big thing to go and buy a treadmill or get a Peloton, which are awesome. But how many times do you truly use them? I just find that I can find enough stuff to do at home without all of that extra stuff. And I don't mistake in the thought that buying this is going to make me exercise. It's all up to me. Nobody else can make me exercise. No piece of equipment, no gym membership can make me exercise. I have to choose to do that for myself. And I think the other thing we think is, okay, I'm going to start this program and I'm going to do this 60 minutes, four days a week. And you get into the program and you can't meet the time constraints. You can't, you don't have to do a program. 
you can choose to do four exercises at home every day, whenever it fits into your day. And I promise you will see a difference if you weren't doing anything before. So you got to find what works for you, but you can't just buy things and expect that the change is going to come because you bought it. Like we just have to change our mindset on that and realize that purchasing stuff all the time does not make our lives better in any way, shape or form. It actually adds clutter to our lives, which is proven to really affect our mental health and our focus. And then on top of it, it adds to our issues with finances. So just move beyond thinking that you have to pay for everything. You can find things at your house. You don't even have to leave your house. You can choose for your new year's resolution. I am going to use what I have at my house, even if it's just the floor, right? Because body weight exercises are a great exercise to get results. You can say, I am going to do 10 minutes of exercise And in that 10 minutes, I would have just driven to the gym and I would still have to work out. So frame your mind around those bonuses that you can do these things in a more efficient, just different way than you ever thought of doing them before. And you're just going to make your life so much better. You are. You make it sound so simple. And I think it, it is so true. We like to complicate things or think that they're more complicated than they are but like Mm -hmm. you say weight bearing exercises like your body weight Mm -hmm. they're just so good for you and so healthy and it's an easier resolution yep absolutely and if you don't make the choice to do it the thing is we we waste so much time thinking about doing it if you just get up and do it then you can save your thoughts for something else You know, it is so simple, but we just can't get ourselves to get up and just do 10 push-ups, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) And and back to thoughts, because one of the things that I read in your book that I had never heard of before is the Zygernik effect. Yeah, so that I learned about when I was writing the book. And once you actually use something, you typically forget about it, right? So waiters and waitresses, it's common with them. Once they write down the information that they're storing in their head, they get rid of it. It makes room then for more. And honestly, I it was relevant in the book. And now that it was relevant in the book, it kind of took its toll on me. <laughs> So it works. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> but actually, I think for me, it's something as well. It makes a lot of sense. It's a bit like what we started talking about at the beginning is the to-do list. You get it out of your head, onto paper, and actually you can move on. You totally can. It's, it is amazing because if you don't write it down, just a general to-do list, you keep thinking about that and you become so much less efficient in what you're doing, because you're trying to remember that one fact when you could just write it down and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Even if you have so much stuff to do and your family wants to do something with you, be present when you are with them 
And if you are sitting there thinking of everything you have to do, you will never be present. So do yourself a favor. And if you feel like you're too busy to do something, but you really feel like you should do it, write your list down, leave it at home, be present, enjoy your time and come back to your list that took care of everything you have to do that would have occupied your mind. Absolutely. And if you don't like writing, I think you can probably dictate into something just as easily. There are so many ways and apps and everything that can help us now to do this stuff. That yes. uh, yeah, because some people think writing is performative, I think, often. Absolutely. That has been so fascinating a conversation. I absolutely loved speaking to you. And before we go, you're writing a second book. I am. So it was going to be about mental peace. And it originally started from the transformation that I took back in 2014. And through a conversation with somebody and actually listening to a podcast, I realized that I was doing two things. One, the book had evolved to be something that it wasn't, but the reason it evolved was because it's really hard to admit that I had these jerk abrasive tendencies before, and I have learned to move beyond them. And so I think it evolved into mental peace because it felt better to me. It felt like I was protecting myself. But then when I realized that, how is my experience going to help anybody if I don't face it head on? And so as hard as it is to still say that seven, eight years ago, I was a jerk. I was a jerk and I've overcome it. And I want to help other people overcome it because life gets so much better when you do. Wow. That that's incredible. And I don't want to keep you much longer, but how did you know you were a jerk? I promise you, everybody knows it. when you say things with intention to let people know that they have inconvenienced you or that you disapprove of something they're doing, or they said, it's none of my business. Why did I care anyways? Right. But you throw in little side comments, you act passive aggressive, you, all those things you do, you know, I knew I was a jerk and I, I thought I was good at covering it up. Right. That's what passive aggressive people do. They make it look like you're being nice. And then they throw in little digs here and there type of a thing. And so I knew it and I don't recall exactly what was the triggering event. But one day I just said to myself, I don't want to be this person anymore. I want to help lift people up, not tear them down. And so that's where I am now. And I feel like there are very few situations I find myself in that I feel like I ever need to return to that behavior. I have caught myself a couple of times. Like if you surround yourself with people like that, or you're talking with somebody who has those habits, you can go backwards. You got to catch yourself. Totally. It's all about awareness, isn't it? And, yes. you know, it's also not about, about not being too hard on yourselves because we are all a work in progress. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's what our lives is, are. Alan, thank you so much for your time today. And your book, Dirty Goals, is available 
on Amazon. I'm sure it's available elsewhere. Just Amazon. Just Amazon. Okay. So I'm yes. not sure about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was made up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so you can get it on Amazon. I'll put it in the show notes so that people can check it out. And I really want to read your next book. So please let me know when it's done and maybe we'll have another conversation. Absolutely. I will. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed our conversation. And if people want to connect with you, what's the best way of doing that? Either on Facebook, Alin Mitling, or at Instagram at Alin Mitling. Brilliant. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know who would enjoy it too. I believe we are all entitled to enjoy our work and the future of work life will be changed by those who put people first and create more fulfilling work lives for themselves, their colleagues, their teams and organisations. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to have covered, guests you'd like to hear from, or questions for me, please drop a line to susan at beyond-thenumbers.com. And finally, please consider leaving a review.